0: asia tech podcast with graham brown and michael Waits. hi this is michael waits from asia tech podcast stories i'm here with grant bertoli grant is the ceo of market buzz which is a a, a part of the um buzzy bees group grant good morning how are you
1: good morning michael thanks for uh, allowing me to join you
0: oh god it's my pleasure it seems like there's a lot to talk about i do have a little bit of knowledge about buzzy bees actually i know michael not well, but well enough. And I've actually been in the offices as long as they're still where they used to be. Are you on, what, uh, Raman 9 still?
1: Yeah, that's it. And uh, yeah, I think Michaels has been a pretty popular bloke over the last couple of years. So. <laughs> you think so? <laughs> yeah. He's, uh, he's certainly been, uh, particularly with his business, uh, growing and growing. So I think his popularity's gone with it. He seems to be uh, on, on many interviews as well.
0: Good. We'll have to get him on the show too. Do you want to talk a little bit about... Your background. So, where are you from originally?
1: Sure. Originally, uh, I'm from Australia. Okay. But uh, I haven't lived in Australia for many years. Uh, In fact, probably over twenty years now. Great. Um, And uh, I came up to Taiwan in 1995 and fell in love with Asia and. With the exception of probably four years in the U.S., I've been uh, in Asia for uh, the rest of the time.
0: What were you doing the in the of, What
1: were you doing in the United States for four years? And where were you? Um, I was working for the same company. It was with uh, with the TNS Group, uh, which is now part of WPP. What is um, what and, is TNS yeah.
0: actually? I was looking at it, but I wasn't. I wasn't able to find out what, what exactly is
1: TNS. Yeah, it's a marketing research company, um, part of the Kantar Group, which is uh, obviously part of the, the large uh, conglomerate with, uh, with WPP. Got it. Um, yeah, and really back in that time, it was uh, known as the Frank Small and Associates Group and uh, was then uh, bought out by Sofras, which ultimately was bought out by uh, Taylor Nelson. Got it. So that's where the TNS comes from. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. So what exactly were you doing there and how did it lead to where you are now?
1: Yeah, I I kind of fell into it. Uh, if if I if didn't, we, didn't we all bad. didn't we all? Yeah, yeah. You you end up in, you end up in a situation where you're you're looking for opportunities, and uh, I fell into the marketing research world and uh, really enjoyed it. Um, and then I got an itch to travel and uh, really wanted to to get up into Asia and and learn a lot more about what was going on and. In 1995, I took the step to go to Taiwan, which uh, the step was there was two elements to it. One, Taiwan, there wasn't much English, so it forced me to, to, to learn another language. And, and two, there was surfing in Taiwan as well, and, and not many people knew about it at the time. So I decided, well, uh, on those two levels, and I, I met the company, and uh, it was a great bunch of people at the time, very dynamic, very professional, and, and really wanted to make uh, something big out of the organization, and, and uh, they were great, uh, really good, and we had a, an exceptional time in Taiwan in 95. So how, how important was surfing? you I
0: mean it's uh, where, where are you from in, in Australia are you Sydney uh, for,
1: for, yeah from Sydney yes yeah originally from Sydney Manly. Oh, Manly. and uh, Manly yeah there you go and, and um yeah so so it was an important part of my life back then and uh you know still I still enjoy it if I get the chance to do it not so much now but uh, mm. um I'd always grab a surfboard if I could find one and uh and, and get out there and surf some waves.
0: So do you think surfing is a solitary thing, or is it more of a um, – it feels to me like the camaraderie among surfers is actually really strong, maybe stronger than most people realize, no?
1: Oh, yeah, I think so. And, and, and it's um, – how would I define it? It's more a lifestyle than anything else. It's a way of a way of life. And, uh, and we used to uh, work through the week and uh, go out to the beach on the weekends, and there'd be a whole group and – uh, we'd you know uh, socialise together and go surfing together and have dinner and and everything uh, together as well. So yeah, there's more to it. Go on surfing trips and go on location, uh, you know, safari stuff. It was all around the country down there. It was great. It was it was really good. So um, yeah, I, I, look, I, I enjoy it whenever I can. It's obviously not part of uh, the life anymore, but uh, certainly uh, certainly was an important part. Um, not only surfing, I think you know sport in general. I I, I love so there's uh there's, there's all elements around sport which I enjoy, and I, I, I also yeah you know, I was just going to say I was also in draw I draw parallels to to sporting life as well as business, and there's uh, some comp- complementary elements to both. Well, that was the whole point, right? I mean, the surfing
0: itself is actually really interesting to me. I've been a surfing fan since I was a child, right? I used to watch Pipeline on TV. Mm-hmm. So, I've been very interested in it, but also because it looks like one thing, but to me, it's actually another thing, right? And the whole concept of, you know, there's only one person on the board at a time, but there really is a complete support system of people around it. And I don't want to be too metaphorical, but I think what you're saying Mm. is actually really true, and that's why I actually brought it up. Because you can surf that wave alone, or you can surf it with, you know, the guy on the boat who's going to help you if something bad happens, right? Or the person that tows you Mm. if you're doing tow in surfing, you're doing bigger waves. A bigger wave is like Mm. a bigger deal. You just... There is a support system there sometimes, even if you can't see it, and I think surfers know that. But I also think if mm. it's a, if it's a lifestyle, then that lifestyle <clears throat> actually gets imbued into your business life as well, because you understand that even if it looks like you're doing something alone, you're not. Mm.
1: Mm. Yeah, absolutely, and and there's a there's a tremendous camaraderie with it, and and as you've quite rightly pointed out, I mean when you're out in the water and and uh, you, you're out there with, uh, with with others, you're you're talking to them and and socialising even even with people you don't even know, right. um, you know there's there's that common link between uh, between each other, and you both have the same sort of enjoyment out of it and uh yeah it it really is that camaraderie, and I would hope that those sorts of things are uh transcended into business because camaraderie too is important with uh company culture as well
0: yeah so so you worked for how many years in a big in a big shop twenty more yeah
1: yeah to- about twenty years um all <clears throat> up i I was with t n s for um or oh, about sixteen years, and then wow. uh, I moved over to Ipsos uh which was uh, another company, similar Industry Market Research, and was doing uh, a role there for Southeast Asia as CEO, um, and then moved into a managing director for one of their business lines, uh, which is Connect, and looked after Asia Pacific for them.
0: So when did it hit you that mobile was really going to matter? I mean, we always say out here that the, most people's introduction to the internet is not on a laptop or on a desktop like it probably was for you, and I know it was for me. But most people's introduction to the Internet, and, and that means everything that has to do with sort of information is mobile, which means they always have it with them. When did you figure out this is really going to matter, like mobile matters?
1: Yeah, it was probably, it was probably around about or oh, six to eight years ago where you, you really saw um, the, the, the gradual progression of, of mobile. But you, you're right. I mean, it's basically leapfrog uh, other technology. Technology. yes people with money had uh, the the desktop and the, and the laptop prior and obviously business did did but if you're talking about most of Asia uh, they've really just jumped on um, on the mobile and um, that's certainly been um, or the way I looked at it a great opportunity to to be able to connect and you know I think the importance out of the the mobile itself for, for Asia is It's not just about the entertainment value or the personal level, but even the business side of things is is really critical here. Um, we we run and obviously we're in the information area, but we ran a study recently, and you know eighty nine percent of businesses here are using social media on mobile for business in Thailand, which is an incredible number when you, when you look at it because it doesn't matter whether it's to uh, connect with new customers or build relationships or uh, advertise or, or or whatever you're doing with your business. But you know nine out of ten businesses are using social media through through mobile and and you know at the time i i i I knew the importance of it but i I could tell you over the last probably five years that's just accelerated uh to, to even more
0: how would you segment it out in other words when you say when you say using social media on mobile is it instagram is it snapchat is it facebook is it twitter is it all of them and like how does it break down and where's the impact as well i'm really curious about this right so we run businesses too and i'm curious about where the biggest impact is and what the breakdown is between usage, actually. Yeah,
1: it's a, it's a, it's a really interesting topic. Um, let, let, me start, let me start at the top, and that yes. is that over, over 70% of people have access to, uh, to the mobile, um, which is, is, is growing here in Thailand, and, and, and the same figures will exist a, across Southeast Asia. Um, obviously, Singapore would be, be, be much higher than that. Uh, but when you're talking about uh, just the device itself and the ability to interact with it, um, you've got pretty much three elements around it. One, you've got the uh, the connection through chats. So for Thailand it'll be line, um, and then you've got uh, Facebook which is which is huge. Um, you'll always have Google on there as well. Um, line and Facebook for Thailand um, are, are pretty much universal. Um, and that'll only grow and continue to grow even, even amongst the, the, the older people. And, and, and Line will tell you their fastest growing group is is the over 50s. Uh, um, so they're, they're very prevalent in, in, in that age. And um, You know, the connection between the older age people now is, is great because they're all connecting up with each other through Line and sharing and, and doing everything else. Interesting. Um, Facebook. Yeah, Facebook on the other hand is is, is very big, uh, very popular. I think there's numbers that are floating around, and Facebook po- popularizes this. I think Bangkok's probably the the, the largest uh, user and uploader of, of of pictures in the world. It um, so, so it's certainly uh, it's certainly a, a, a huge part of people's lives here.
0: Yeah, I mean, I always found it really interesting that Facebook ended up being the, the largest Facebook city in the world was in Thailand. It seems sort of It seems sort of counterintuitive, but I I think the facts prove it out. And how are businesses using the social media? And you didn't talk about Instagram at all, which is interesting to me, but do do you consider Instagram in the same package as Facebook because it's owned by the same company?
1: Yeah, it's an interesting one. I didn't touch on it, but um, it's an important one. When you have a look at the uh, the other uses, Instagram uh, comes up. It's certainly used, but nowhere near – uh, the level at which uh, Line and and also Facebook, in in fact, uh, Facebook Messenger is probably used more than Instagram, um, on the numbers that we've uh, we've looked at. do you see, simply on go, simply go, on the number of users?
0: Yeah. Do you see? I mean, the number of users. Sure. Facebook has almost yeah. what 1.8 billion, almost 1.9 million users globally, and it would just make sense that. For people that are chatting or sending messages back and forth to each other, messages, excuse me, that Messenger yeah. would be the key place for them to do that, um, and yeah, line, line as well, just because it's sort of there must be something like forty million Line users in Thailand alone, if my numbers are correct. So it's a huge installed base
1: as well. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's, it's very large, and 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 you know the point to that is that. The social fabric is is one element to it. So you know the connectivity and the entertainment value and, right. and everything like that. But um, as as we started to talk about the business the business perspective of it is, is huge. It's you know in the ability to to sell, the ability to connect, uh, even the 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 payment gateways which had been previously a an issue to do with online now um have all been addressed and the ability to pay online or the ability to connect between offline and online and and uh go and buy yourself a cup of coffee and use your mobile phone to pay for it these days is uh is is already available for for all ties
0: Right, so what do you see? How do you see the development of something we used to call two or three years ago, F commerce? I don't hear so many people talking about it anymore. But I do see Line. You know, Arya has done some pretty incredible things and has raised the profile of Line from just sort of a chat application to an all in one mm. kind of business application, right? The, the sort of at Line accounts that you can have, the business accounts. Do you want to talk a little bit about how that's impacted Facebook and their F commerce?
1: Yeah, I, I think. Um... I think both of them have got their own um, benefits to, to, to utilizing the platform. Um, I think the, the, the biggest challenge for businesses and, and how they need to interact. Uh, with either platform is to really truly understand what the platforms are being used for it and how do you better connect um, with whoever the target audience is. Um, yeah, uh, B Over at Lion has, has done a great job of, of introducing their Business Connect products and they're all um, trying to get, uh, and obviously through the mobile device itself, to connect brands with consumers and consumers to brands in a, in a much closer way. Um, given the fact that uh, again, mobile's used so much and and is used so often throughout the uh, the course of a day, um, you know, it's not often that uh, a Thai won't pick their phone up first thing in the morning and continue to use it till uh, till they go to sleep at night. Um, and and the amount of time you can access them and whenever they need it um, is all there in front of them. Yeah, I mean, I'm um, the, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I, I was just going to say I think it's um, the numbers that I've seen I, in terms of expenditure per individual, I think the mobile phone is is in the top three. So they're foregoing, you know, other um, lifestyle choices and, and sure. expenditure simply, simply to buy and, and to to continue to consume a mobile phone, yeah, um, I mean, and that's w- that's when you see the the real power behind the, the the mobile. The platform is just insanely powerful, right? I'm looking at yeah.
0: my phone right now, and if I exclude Facebook and Slack, I'm looking at Messenger, Line, Telegram, WeChat. I have an iPhone, obviously, so there's the iMessages platform, Signal, Zoom, which I don't use so much, and then Google Hangouts. You know, and there are more. <clears throat> Do you see all of them moving to a place? You know, Telegram obviously is completely encrypted, so it's, 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 um, you know, front to back encryption, it's supposed to have all of your messages protected so that nobody can read them regardless. Even Telegram themselves can't see them. Do, do you see all of these platforms? I mean, and WeChat obviously in China dominates, like WeChat in China is the internet to a certain extent, right? Do you see yeah. Line trying to move in that direction in, Thailand and in the rest of Southeast Asia, and what I really want to do is just get your understanding of how mobile works, because then I want to talk about both Bees and MarketBuzz as well, and see what you guys are doing in um, in those realms. So I'm just curious how you feel about the progression of these chat applications, and then let's talk a little bit about how it impacts your businesses.
1: Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, look, the, the, I think the, the the key element to to, to line um, firstly is that they're in four key markets. Uh, for Southeast Asia, as, as you, you pointed out, here in Thailand, it's very, very dominant. Um, they're starting to put more marketing um, into Indonesia and really starting to pump it up. but Usually what you'll find in, in each, uh, each country is you'll have one dominant uh, chat app. It doesn't matter which location you go to. Um, and you know it could vary depending on which country right. uh, you're in. So, so Thailand, it's obviously um, line, um, but WhatsApp is, isn't 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 there. Yet. And there'd have to be a hell of a lot of investment to go behind that. But yet, it's owned by good backers, so you never know um, how they'll they'll approach things. Correct. I, I think from I think from a line perspective. Um, eh, from so for, from my perspective, if you have a look at uh, what their strategy is, they're they they're really offering um, or, or trying to monetize those elements around connecting the the businesses with uh, with the the people, the ties a, as much as possible. And I think one of the strategies, the important strategies around that which we also value, uh, is that you only have a certain amount of uh, apps on your phone and only use a certain number uh, throughout the course of a day. So really what they're trying to do or aiming to do is to keep people with inside line for as long as they can. Um, and, and be able to interact with them on, on a number of fronts. So whether it's through just the chat app or whether it's through even the TV and the video content um, or even the shopping elements that they've got a- around it, uh, then, and, of course, all the business connection options you've got, um, to keep people as active and as engaged in, in that platform really is critical for their success. Um, and if they do a good job of it and keep people there yeah. and as active and, and offer what the ties want through the platform, then um, they should be able to do a good job. Of it. They have
0: the reach. They do have the reach. It's interesting to me though, right? When a platform ties tries to retrofit a business model onto a platform that wasn't necessarily designed for it. I mean, in that in that sense, I watch mm. Facebook with the F Commerce. It was never mm. really designed for business transactions and. I think at some point, yeah. for me, right, and this is my opinion, so unsolicited, but I think it falls down a little bit because, you know, there are plenty of businesses on Facebook that have, don't have verification, so you don't know whether the address is right. Their ability to map mm. things properly hasn't really worked so well. You know, Line mm. itself is this whole business push that they have. It will be interesting to see how it plays out, right? It's a great idea, like you said. Mm. People interact with very few apps on their mobile devices. I don't even want to call them phones anymore but mm. that inter and, and that interaction online is obviously very heavy, like you said i don 't think it 's just ties, but people wake up in the morning and the first thing they do is check their favorite chat app, you know did my friends mm. contact me where are my Where is my family you know and if, mm. they're mm. if they're particularly if they 're not in in this country mm. but how do they retrofit that whole platform right It never had a timeline in it really that people use. How do they retrofit that to then get that business interactivity and then be able to do transactional things to actually make money off it besides just selling? The stickers, which had been for a while, their biggest yeah. uh, their biggest way to monetize their, <laughs> their business, which is true, right? But now, yeah. I, I really want to come. I really want to come back to you, right? So you're working at these big companies, and you have this vision, right, for how mobile is supposed to get used. And I, like, I've I've bumped up against this so many times. Not just when I was working at big companies myself, but even today when I interact with those companies, right? Just getting them to make a decision, any decision. There are just mm. so many layers of kind of decision-makers that it, it amazes me that anything actually ever gets done, right? So the slowness mm. and, and the sort of lumbering ability for them to make decisions is actually interesting to me. But you're here, here you are, right? You notice that mobile is really going to take over the world. You really want to know what do people think, right? What's their opinion on a product? Mm. What's their view of a brand? Mm. How do they react to things? How do they feel? And what's the best way to get them to give feedback? So then you say to yourself, I can't do this inside of a massive corporation anymore even though they have all these resources. So I'm going to go to Buzzy Bees, right? I'm going to work with Michael mm-hmm. and I'm going to do Market Buzz. So how does, that, mm-hmm. how does that work and then do you want to just tell me – I know what Buzzy Bees is, right? But maybe you can give mm-hmm. a little background on that for people that may or may not know and then talk about Market Buzz too and how that grew out of that Buzzy Bees business if that's okay because so I'm really curious.
1: Yeah, l- let me follow the the, the, the chain there. I, I'm Please. not. I'm not close. Uh, yeah, I'm not close enough to to the line um, overall business. And sure, and sure, was, sure. Neither am I. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I can't. I can't really comment on that. I I, I would say if they're trying to retrofit um, their business model, they'd have to be very careful technology wise to, to get it right yep. um, yes yes of course it was a, a, it was a, a very dominant chat up and the, the key seller was all the stickers so um, to 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 add different functionality to it and and to be able to offer a seamless platform um, is going to take a lot of work hmm. um, i'm sure Lion have, have have had a look at that and sure at, and uh, worked on the best possible approach that they can um, to, to, in order to do it. Um, I think they've been successful so far. Um, however, you know, time will tell if the platform really is able to deliver on all the content that, uh, that ties and obviously the Indonesians and, and Taiwanese and, and so forth want throughout the region. Um, and obviously, obviously for Lion, I think the more, their more important aspect around that is they're in four countries. Uh, can they grow bigger than four? <laughs> right. Um, and right. and grow beyond that. Um, for for our business um, and for, for, for specific business and market buzz, um, yeah, we we set up um, only two and a half years ago, so it's uh, it, it's a very new business for us. And I originally had spoken to to Michael. Um, about the opportunity and and his uh, his base of people had 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 grown to a substantial amount even when i joined which was probably about three million ties on smartphone um through uh his uh his applications that they've built but that, that's and, not ju- uh,
0: that's not just buzzy Bees, right
1: yeah, the Buzzy Beast was 3 million when I joined um, and then has progressively gone to um, over 20 million now. That's total users. Active users is about 10 million. On the Buzzy Beast
0: platform? Buzzy
1: Beast is On just the bus, a, bus,
0: it's, bus. It's a mm. mobile e commerce
1: platform? It, it's a mobile CRM platform, it builds loyalty. Uh, through uh, their corporate partners so they've got a number of, of different corporate partners that they have um, and they connect their customers to privilege programs to an e-commerce uh, environment as well similar strategy in the sense that you know if you can keep people as active as possible and give them what they want so it's shopping uh, mm. e-commerce it's, it's privileges so give them free things or give them discounted options and and you know we know what works and 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 what does doesn't work here and um, we can offer the best deals to, to our corporate partners. And as that grows and builds, there's a tremendous amount of information that's collected behind uh, behind the, uh, uh, the users. Um, in addition to it, uh, we can tap into those that user base um, and 10 million ties out of a total population of 60, 67 million and growing um, is a significant portion of, of the population which we can access at any time and ask them questions and get their opinions and their viewpoints on it. Um, so that's really how Market Buzz was created. It's really a subsidiary of, of Buzzy Bees, and we define it as a, a one-stop shop for uh, really mobile uh, market research and, and, and marketing solutions. And just and is that
0: a is that a profit-making business as well? Is it more set up? <clears throat> as a cost center business for busy bees just to better understand how their 10 million monthly active users and their 20 million sort of subscribers or downloaders are using the platform what's what's the sort of mid goal and mid term goal and long term goal for how that that platform's going to work
1: what's the idea yeah if- yeah for, well for the platform itself it, it's obviously to grow the base and, and keep people as engaged and as active as possible um, so so that's the important thing our business um, certainly relies on on those numbers because it provides the access point to uh, uh, to the ties to, to collect and uh, and look at the the opinions or the, the viewpoints from them. So the long term goal is certainly it's not there for uh, just to, to add engagement. It's it's really there to to uh, add to our clients um, and and to build a, a formative business. In fact, when you have a look at it, there's not too many competitors in the the data and the market research for the collection of information, that's anything close. Um, You've got other companies which have 100,000, maybe 150,000 at best, 50,000, but you have to ask the question, is that good enough to collect all the information that you need and is it representative of of, of Thailand as a market? Um, I'd rather bet on having 10 million than 100,000.
0: Yeah, I mean, in, in almost all cases, the more the merrier. Not necessarily in all of them, but in most cases, for sure. Yeah,
1: but what? The, absolutely, and just just a point please. to that. And and, and you, you know, when when you're looking at some of the target audiences that our clients are looking at, you know, in, in recent cases, it's it's been mothers with kids with uh, you know young kids zero to three, and you know when we can access over two million of those and and uh, give people feedback on it. Um, then it's very fast and very efficient um, in terms of cost versus any other approach that uh, that people are looking at at the market now. Um, what does it mean? It basically means that it, the, the companies that are using it can make decisions a lot faster um, and can be uh, and, and can be on top of the decisions much quicker than, than perhaps what they've been
0: used to. Do you want to just walk me through how that works? So you have these ten million users, right? Do you actively mm. do? you Do you actually go out and ask them questions, give them surveys, and kind of expect answers back from them? And I guess in return for that, they'll get some bonus points and they'll get goods on the other side. I just want to know exactly how that process works so I can get a better understanding. And then understand, like, so there are, out of those 10 million, you know, there's a certain percentage of them that are mothers with small children. And clearly… You know, baby sites, whether it's, you know, Tembe in, in Vietnam or anywhere in Indonesia where they have these baby sites, they're going to want that information so they can better target what those mothers want. Um, the Asian parent is one that probably does this really well, right, regionally out of Singapore. Mm. But I'm just wondering, like, how does yeah. that process exactly work, if you can walk me through it?
1: Yeah. Let, let me take a step back there. Every company needs information to make decisions. They use a lot of the, the, the data and they collect, uh, they collect that information. Um, most of that information uh, previously has been collected through uh, face-to-face interviews. And what we mean by that is, is, is having an interview or going asked or stop someone or knocking on their door and saying, you know, do you mind if you answer uh, a few questions? Um, now with the, the mobile, which is in people's hands, we can post surveys up there and then, then we can interview the people on the mobile themselves. Um, now we make sure that's targeted. So, yes, it can be a mother uh, with kids zero to three. It could be uh, someone who is passionate about uh, automobiles. It could be a fitness fanatic. It could be a consumers of uh, this type of beverage or that type of beverage. It, be, it could be uh, those people who use fast food. It just depends on, on who our clients are. Most of them are large-scale multinational clients um, that are looking for information on, on their products or their brands or services. Um, so we'll collect that information. We'll post the survey up. Uh, they will uh, obviously be designed, the survey will be designed to a specific objective based on what the client's information needs are. Uh, We collect that information back. Uh, We simply post it up. We collect thousands of of responses back. Um, Then we process the information. Um, We analyze the information for certain clients and then send it back to them. And when you say you post up a a survey? Yeah, well, what, is, what does it look like yeah, as I'm, a user?
0: I'm in the Buzzy Beast platform. I'm looking for some yeah, rewards or some benefit, and a survey pops up. Is that what happens?
1: Yeah. Let me, let me paint the picture there so it's a little bit clearer. Thank you. Um, with inside the application, um, We've got all sorts of different types of programs running, and, and some of them are privileges where you get discounts. You click on it and get a discount of this and that. Um, for the surveys, it's, it, it's somewhat similar. You see a, a campaign up there. We call it a campaign, which is effectively a graphic picture up that You can see with inside the application, and it says something like um, answer a short survey and redeem points. Um, so if they answer the survey um and complete it so it's a completely opt-in it's their choice whether they do the survey or not they can click on it then they start to fill the survey in once they fill the survey in um, on the platform itself uh, you get points Um, so every activity that you do you get points and you accrue those points similar to a frequent flyer program um, and then you can redeem them um, in either on the platform itself, so you can for example buy from our e commerce uh platform or even offline so if you wanted to uh use your your points and uh buy a coffee uh you can go and go and buy a coffee at certain locations to to uh, use your points that way as well so offline to online uh we we offer as well so that's interesting. then what do you do? you just accumulate all that data so you're basically paid
0: by. I'm going to make it up, right? Coca-Cola just says we really want to find out, or Pepsi or whoever. Pepsi, probably not so much anymore. Um, but these big companies that want to find out some information about some group. I guess the, the reverse question is if I'm a Buzzy Bees user, how do you know – like how do you get my full information? How do you know who I am? Do you know what I mean? Like you – of course, my phone has yes. a MAC address and all the other sort of basic information that's on the phone. But how do you know who I am? and what, like, yeah. How do you know if I've got a three-year-old kid or a 20-year-old daughter?
1: Yeah, sure. I I mean, the the first point um, around that, and this is really important for a market research perspective, is we never link an individual's name. It remains anonymous anymore. And and when our clients, such as the clients you've mentioned, and uh, and many more multinationals, um, they, they're collecting information specific to to that target audience. So we ask questions uh, to ensure that we get down to that specific target audience. So um, we ask questions on whether they have kids, um, okay. how old is the kids, um, and then we only ask specific questions when we know they've got a kid. Say for. Example, example, zero to to three. Um, And then we ask the certain questions around that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, Okay. No, no, it's just interesting to me. I mean, Asia is a place where people are willing to actually give up information about themselves in return for some type of benefit. And frankly, privacy as it stands and as a concept is really kind of a new concept. I mean, if you look at what happens in the West, people are all up in arms about you know, you know this about me, and you know that about me. But I don't think most people – first of all, I think most people operate in a way that's um, honest and open. And I frankly don't think that anybody that's not doing anything wrong really cares if you know how old they are and how many kids they have. I don't think that's yeah. a problem, right? And I think that the ability to accumulate that data, if that's what Buzzy Bees has been able to do or Buzz has been able to do, um, and then give that information. Look, it's no different than what Nielsen used to do in the television market in the United States or just these sort of blind – you know, cola tests that they used to do. You'd sit down, you'd give your information. It wasn't associated with your name, but you were happy to do that and get a free free case of Coca-Cola,
1: whatever it was, right? Yeah, absolutely. And the the points are absolutely correct. Uh, You know, we we never divulge the information anyway in terms of linkage to an individual or a phone number in any way that they can be tracked back. But your point is very, very correct, and that is even even for Thailand but the other countries as well. People are willing to give uh, opinions and viewpoints. But I would say this, it's dropping considerably because – what we've found over the years is is the the big corporations keep saying, oh, can you add this question and can you add that question? And you end up with an interview that's an hour long. So on on average, average, you know, you've got someone standing on the street corner uh, for an hour long asking them all these sorts of questions and it's just not right for the individual. And while they're accepting of it, because they're being paid for it, it's becoming really hard to, to, uh, to get them to give you that time. And, you know, mobile, again, allows you to do that. And, and in fact, one of the key points that, that we have, uh, have been very clear with our business is we don't accept any interviews longer than 15 minutes. And 15 minutes is still a reasonable amount of time yeah. to, to collect information. And you can go back and ask these people as many questions as you like, Um, that's okay at another time. But at any one given time, you've got fifteen minutes to ask the questions that you uh, that you need, and that's that's reasonable. Our clients have found it uh, fine. Um, they ask multiple surveys if they need to to get more information, um, and obviously it is cost efficient to do it that way. Uh, but you don't have the issue with people saying, "Okay, do I do I still have to answer these questions after an hour?" Right. And then you have to question what what information are you going to get back? Because I'm sure after after 45 minutes, I'd be probably saying four, six, five, three, two, or whatever the answer is going to be. Yeah, I, don't anybody, really too much <laughs> right, I don't
0: think about it. I don't think anybody cares. I mean, I think you're right. There is a, there's a time limit. And, but you also bring up another really interesting point, and that is, I'm willing to give away some of my privacy because the privacy itself, to me, whoever me is,, right, doesn't have necessarily that much value. But I don't really want to give you that much of my time because it's the only thing I can't get back.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and and you know you think about it too, and and even in a shopping mall, and you're busy for for the day, and someone stops you for a full hour of that, you're never going to get it back. And usually, what's the case is that. They may say to you, uh, "Okay, can you give us some of your time?" You don't realize it's going to take you a full hour uh, to complete all the survey either. So, yeah, I, I think I think privacy is an issue. I think it'll it'll become increasingly an issue, particularly with things like the digital footprint and people understanding, you know, how do you how did you get my name or anything like that. But again, we don't we don't necessarily need that. And for our platform as well, the surveys are posted up onto uh, our platform so they have the choice they decide whether or not they will do it or not do it and, you know, it's their choice whether or not they, they, they uh, subscribe to, to doing the surveys. And, you know, they do other things up there as well. They, they obviously participate in, in all the privilege programs and, you know, potentially they're downloading games or even apps as well. And, and they have the option to do the surveys. So there's nothing really there that... Links any any private conver- conversation or, or linkage to private information right. uh, with the survey data anyway.
0: And what's in your view? What's the future of this sort of data gathering business? Right. So at the beginning, and I feel like we're just at the it, this is at this nascent stage. Right. People are mm-hmm. people are happy, and I, I use the word um, purposely, but I think people are happy to fill out forms and do surveys. But I think over time, everything creates a little bit of fatigue. There's fatigue. You know, in video, there's a little bit of Facebook mm. fatigue. There's definitely some advertising fatigue. How do you progress yes. against sort of survey fatigue? And if you do, how do you continue to get the necessary opinions and necessary feedback from your mobile clients without, you know, alienating them? Yeah, What's the uh, future, very really? good
1: question. Yeah. I, if I if I look at it at a broader level, um, what you've got now with the situation with uh, technology and, and mobile phones and everything like that, um, you've got more data that's collected than we've ever, ever possibly seen. And, Surely. You know, the, the, the numbers are, will tell you that it keeps increasing. And, and I remember even going back to 2000 and seeing – Uh, the year 2000, that is, and seeing how much data was collected just over the 1990s. And that was just really the start of of what computer technology was all about. And as we've grown, it just continually increases. Um, And with it comes, you know, better systems, better process, uh, bigger size um, engines to run it on. Uh, but in the in the end, you've got a lot of information and companies need to be able to sift through all that information and, and make decisions. So if anything, there's probably too much information at the moment and it's trying to create the value uh, from the data that they're getting in addition to supplementing what they don't currently have. Um, so... I would then supplement that by saying that all all companies need the information. There's no question. So data strategy is really at the centre point for for all all, all corporations. Um, and then if you then split it up and say, okay, well, what's right information and and what is is, is so important for my business, um, then you have to you have to have a strategy around that to determine what it is. Um, information that we're collecting at the moment. Is information that can be done via surveys, Um, but yes, you're right. People only have the patience to do a certain number of of questionnaires, and you know there 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 is uh, only uh, so much you can take of those as well. But we're also collecting information um, on. Let me just give you some examples, but one of them is passive monitoring. So it monitors your behavior um, on uh, the device. And so it, it allows you to, to know exactly what you're doing, where you're going, um, which apps are you using, which websites are you, are you going uh, to search or, or to buy. So we're collecting information, but it doesn't necessarily have to be in, in, the, in the survey format. The survey format is really just for questions you don't know um, and need that extra information. And usually, usually that's around why. The, the why questions. Why are people doing this or why do they like that product as opposed to that? Um, all the behavioral information is collected through other means now.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. A, so, lot of, you, so, you know, a lot of it is, right? So you're, you're basically operating in the background on on your application. So MarketBuzz or BuzzCBS actually has a background process so presumably that runs And essentially follows people, not just location-wise, but where they're looking at on the internet. So you're tracking, you know, if I open a website that has bicycles on it, you're like, oh my God, this guy loves bicycles. And you kind of record that somewhere. You make a really interesting point earlier, right? This whole concept of too much information, it always gets back Mm -hmm. to me to something that um, one of our sort of quant traders said to me when I was at Goldman Sachs. And that is, you know, engineers spend all this time sifting, like you said, through data, and really what they're trying mm. to do is separate signals from noise. And the yeah. more data you have, the more – it's just information, right? And some of the data is really useful, but finding the useful information is getting harder and harder. In a sen- in mm. essence, finding those signals and eliminating that noise. In other words, getting more mm. data, like we said earlier, um, in all cases is not necessarily better by definition because you've just got to sift through way more of it, right? Um, mm. Mm. Now, to the extent that you can find those signals, those signals may be more powerful. But it's interesting to me that, like you said, it's not just surveys. It's literally tracking what people are doing in the background to find out what their interests are, what you know, what their location is, and things like that. And that that to me is really where the mm. future of this data collection is, gonna, is going. So that's interesting.
1: Yeah, it is. It's 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 it's. Uh, it, And it comes back to the point I made on the strategy and you you, you put it in a wonderful way with the engineers Um, and that is that, you know, you've got to sift through all this noise um, in order to find the patterns, but... I, you, there's another layer to that and, and that is that someone has to process that information and right. make sense of it right um, and, and, and in order to affect or influence the decision that the company is going to make um, they have to take that data and say okay this is what it means for the business or this is what it means for our, our marketing. Um, and and for whatever reason, so you've probably got the three layers. You've got the data. Um, you're you're then analysing the data through whatever means, um, and then you're taking critical decisions on it. Right.
0: So what and does that, that, that what does that mean right. for the structure of the market post business? Right. Because the market post business, it's not a consumer facing business. Right. It's a B two B business. Yes.
1: Yes. Yeah. Right. Yes. So principally B
0: two B. In other words, in other words, I don't get the right to publish a survey. But again, if one of your large MNC clients wants to publish a survey, they pay you for that, and then you go to it, and then they, you analyze data. And I'm presuming they get to analyze the data as well, which is great. But does that mean yes. that market buzz? Right. Because does does that mean you go out and hire a slew of data scientists so that you maintain all of that data that you capture as well, and you build your own? you know, database is the wrong word, right? But do you build your own proficiency around it? Or do you outsource that, the data analysis stuff that you do, but just create the way to, to, um, to get that data? Do you know what I yeah, mean?
1: It w- yeah, I, I know exactly what you mean. The first, the first element around it is that uh, the, the data that we collect um, is in different formats. So we, you know, we call it structured and unstructured data, and yep. and it comes from various different sources. So the the key point to that is it, it will always come from different um, uh, different sources anyway. Um, we have the team here, and part of the Market Buzz business is to have yeah the data scientists or, or really the data analysts that are compiling the data. Um, processing it, in other words, removing all that noise nice. out of it, and, and then making sense for 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 the clients. And really, that's our core business. Um, it doesn't really matter what the the data is coming in and whatever of the format. Um, we'll do it. Yes, with surveys. If we don't have the information, if we do have the information, or we collect it in other formats, we combine it and integrate the data together, um, and then to, and then send that off to to our our, our corporate partners. But and do you get paid also
0: for helping them make those decisions, or do you just provide sort of the trend that's in the information, leave it to them, and just say, okay, look, you, you now you need to decide where you place that Coca Cola machine, or how much, um, yeah. you know, fizzy water you put into the into the case. Like, is how, how does
1: that work? Yeah, it varies. Um, so, some clients just need the data to make a quick decision. Um, So is this concept better than that concept? Okay, we'll go with that one over that one. Easy decision. Um, If it's more uh, strategic, then uh, they will require um, more consultancy um, and and obviously helping them or, or working with them to make the decisions that they need for their business. So it works both ways. Principally, if if you looked at our business, a lot of it more is to do with the data analytics side at the moment. Right. Um. But about twenty percent is more the consultancy, uh, work as well.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, to a certain extent, that business—it's really like, in a way, it's almost like Bees is just a facilitation business for data collection to create a data scientist um, function on the market buzz side. It's just an interesting combination mm-hmm.
1: of both of those businesses. How big is your team? Yeah. And, and just it really that's the platform. So we offer the platform for our clients to, to, to access and the ability to collect that information back. Right. Um, if they want the extra services, we've got them um, and, or, or we partner with other companies, which we, we, we do quite a lot. Right. Uh, we partner with other companies who are uh, working with their specific clients that, uh, that make those decisions. So in principle, it is the platform and we collect the data. Yeah, and, and the team itself um, is, is growing. We're uh, a, a team of, of six at the moment with a number of uh, positions that we're, we're uh, aiming to fill by the end of the year. Uh, the growth that we've seen, and and I will tell you that the, the, the number of the people doesn't really indicate the size of the business because technology is, is really the principal driver here. Um, so you don't necessarily need as many people to achieve what we need to um, in terms of the data collection um, but uh, it's growing i mean the business itself uh this year will probably grow by uh three hundred about three hundred percent so it's uh it it's going from uh it's go it, it's growing at a fast rate, and and that's the same projection as what we had last year.
0: Yeah, congratulations. There's nothing like being in a business that grows three hundred percent a year.
1: Yeah, yeah, and, and that's just that's just the analytics team I, I've, I've spoken about. There, of course, you've got the other supporting units and and so forth, which we've got um, with the support of Buzzy Bees as well. I mean, Buzzy Bees is now I think at about one hundred and sixty staff. Right, it's a, um, it's and a that's big business. a that's a business that's just started in two thousand and twelve as well. So, yeah. So, uh, yeah, yeah, we can't really call it a startup anymore because nah. it's it, it's growing so quickly.
0: Well, and it just it sits in a conglomerate of other businesses as well, which it makes, which always makes what Michael does uh, pretty interesting. Um, yeah. So, what is the future? Do you expand into other countries, into other regions? Do you have you must have competitors globally, right? I mean, you cannot be the only people out there creating, you know, data like this. Yeah. So what's what's the what's the end game for this business you think?
1: Yeah, the, the well the the way in which we collect it on, on the platform is is fairly unique. Um and and the way in which we do that um is um the co- the competition um tends to be more panel companies um and you know again they the, their sizes uh Determine uh, the amount of work that goes through. True. For us, it works the other way, where you know, where the the size of the the engagement programs, the loyalty programs, helps or benefits us in that way. Um, so the, the the plan the plan of attack for us is really to take advantage of of Thailand, um, which we've we've been. Uh, doing a reasonable job at it so far but there's, there's plenty more opportunity just here uh, which has been a focus point over the last two and a half years um, the plan is to go to Southeast Asia um, so we've launched in Malaysia and Indonesia um, so that's that started on the back of the Buzzy Bee uh, CRM program um, so we're aiming to, to then set up a market buzz in those locations uh, come um, next year and that's all. It's all marketed on the same platform. In other words, when you the brand, yeah. excuse me. So
0: when you go to Indonesia, it's just Bees Indonesia and Market Buzz Indonesia, and the same thing for Malaysia. Right? It's not like you're creating a different brand for localization purposes.
1: No. It, the, the, well, the end game, the end game will be that. Um, at the moment, um, it's it's not that way, but yeah, it will be. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's the- and, 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 and the focus is Southeast, I was just going to say, the focus is Southeast Asia. People have asked us, can we go elsewhere? And um, are we looking at other markets, particularly, you know, China and so forth like that? But at the moment, um, we consider Southeast Asia and, and, and particularly with the size of Southeast Asia, it's, uh, it, it's going to provide um, plenty of opportunity, um, at least for the, the near future. Um, and then we'll have a look from, uh, from that beyond there. Yeah, I mean, I'll give you a quick view on China for
0: for me, and that is for every buzzy bees that there is in Southeast Asia, there are probably ten thousand of them in China that you've never heard of, um, and that's yeah. just because the the scope of the geographic size is just so large, but also one and a half billion people live in China. The like the likelihood that no one's done this yet, and by the time, I think, by the time. A Southeast Asian company gets to China unless they've done something that's wildly innovative. They're just going to be run over. In my mind, it has nothing to do with Buzzy Beats or Market Buzz, but yeah, it's going no, to be run over by right. 10,000 other people competing with you. So it's an interesting concept, yeah. right? But I do think you can own Southeast Asia for sure, and that that's a gigantic business. You, you know, 630 million people is nothing to shake a stick at, as my grandmother used to say. Um, yeah. It, yeah. The opportunity is yeah. huge, so…
1: No, we, we support that. I mean, it's – and, and you, you, you know there's probably similar technology up there and you, you've only got to have a look at the, you know, the, the big businesses up there, whether it's WeChat and, um, you know, Tencent, Alibaba, and, and what they're doing is, is just simply amazing and on a massive, massive scale worldwide. So um, how do you compete with that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's a really good point. And, look, I think we should
0: probably end here. I feel like we could continue to go on more. But I really just wanted to thank you so much for your time and and also for the just super useful and really interesting information and conversation. You know, again, because the Market Plus business is a B2B business, it's not a lot, doesn't get a lot of exposure to consumers. And I think, you know, the Buzzy B business, obviously it has 10 million people using it every month, so people are aware of it. But the Market Plus business is newer. Um, but could potentially have a bigger impact. So it was a very interesting mm-hmm. conversation for me, and I really appreciate your time. So I want to thank Grant Bertoli, the CEO of Market Buzz, for spending so much time with us. Um, I really appreciate it. Thank you.
1: Thank you, too, Michael. Enjoyed it. Cheers. Thank you.
0: You've been listening to Asia Tech Podcast. Find out more at www.asiatechpodcast.com.